Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. There we go. So welcome everyone to Take Human Action PA episode 40. Uh, I'm Calvin. I'm your host and we got Regina and Rob with us today. How, how are you both doing? Most excellent, Calvin. Most excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Regina, how about you? All right. <laughs> welcome like we back to her. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, well, it is fitting that we have our um, issue coalition's uh, chair with us here today, as well as our uh, party chair. Um, we'll come back to her when she gets on. But for now, I'll uh, I'll go to introducing our guest for the night. Uh, so you all know him. You all love him. He's founder of Black Guns Matter and the Solutionary Center in Philadelphia, PA. He's premier libertarian speaker, activist, and candidate for Philadelphia City Council in 2019. Uh, let's bring on Maj Ture. How you doing, Maj? What's up, man? How y'all feeling? I'm oh, pretty good. Good to have you on. It's it's been a long time coming. Glad we're able to set this up. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is uh, your first time on the show. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, real quick uh, introduce yourself for anyone who's not familiar with you, and just uh, tell us how you got started in uh, politics and. You know, Second Amendment, conflict resolution, all the stuff you're working on now. Yeah. Um, for anyone that's not familiar with me, um, don't be mad. I'm super boring. There's no reason to even look into me at all. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> we uh, we started an organization a while back called Black Guns Matter, which was which is in essence a Second Amendment organization that goes to the demographics that is traditionally left out of the conversation. Usually when we discuss the Second Amendment because of, you know, uh, potential restrictions or uh, unconstitutional statutes on the Second Amendment in, in, in big cities, many times that conversation, you know, urban demographics are left out of it. So that means if, if it's not presented in the urban demographic, the information and the training isn't there. So we created an organization to go to those areas that was general that were generally being left out of that Second Amendment conversation. Um, and just giving classes to people, you know, for free that wanted to learn about basic safety. How, how do I how am I a safe and responsible firearms owner? Now, that's something that is um, should be um, a nonpartisan issue. It should be both nonpartisan and partisan, both so-called, you know, political sides or wherever you land on the political spectrum, because it's not just one or the other, you know, right or left. 
Um, there's a balance. Some people just happen to be, you know, a lot of them happen to be libertarians or just a lot more balanced. And uh, so because of that, wherever you land on that political spectrum, there should not be a pushback for your right to defend yourself. Um, whether that is is true or not, or being skewered for, you know, for whatever reasons was a different thing. So we started an organization to do, to do that. We started to see how polarized it was, how, um, you know, the racist practice of gun control and in a time when everything is called racist, if we disagree with something, um, there actually are things that are race-based, were race-based, and the outcomes now are still race-based. And gun control in America is absolutely one of them. Um, and so in doing that, we started to have these bigger conversations at our, you know, uh, classes, class, uh, class uh, events and classrooms about firearms. But it quite naturally, because things are so um, polarized for the last few years, um, it quite naturally started to have different conversations, the conversation around liberty, the conversation about, you know, what is conservatism? Why is it that mostly democratic cities uh, democratically ran cities or the Democratic Party is in leadership of these cities. Um, you know, why is that conversation about firearms ownership kind of like left out in these areas? So then you have other questions. You have, you know, the, it leads into the conversation of, again of how race and certain themes is a repetitive thing in certain demographics or in certain topics. Um, and so that's going to quite naturally leave you, lead you into the political conversation. Um, and then you'll start to see some of the limitations. You'll see, you know, if someone was, because uh, I wasn't always libertarian. I mean, politically, um, I was raised Democrat, you know, matriculated into, you know, being a member of the Republican Party. When you start to know more and more of the history, you continue to evolve. And this is a good thing. Um, it would be great if we could l start younger people from. Um, a liberty perspective, and maybe we'll evolve into something even more great as you know time goes on and continues. But nonetheless, uh, we started to see that conversation, and it quite naturally leads you into politics. And if you want to make a change uh, on a local level, especially if you should get involved, you should be engaged. So we ran for uh, city council in Philadelphia. We knew, you know, Philadelphia is ninety percent, you know, like democratic. Um, we knew it was going to be an uphill battle. But we wanted to make sure that the conversation about libertarianism, because I ran as a libertarian, was also led into the demographic after having some success with the same approach as it relates to firearms. So we get this big ball going of, you know, human right to natural defense, the human right to life, liberty, you know, uh, the pursuit of happiness and property. Uh, and this conversation of overall liberty and seeing that just as the firearms ownership conversation was being stifled. We see that the conversation about, you know, third party politics or third parties in general um, and the conversation about liberty is also being limited and restricted in these same demographics. And so, you know, some years later, we've refined the messaging as it relates to um, the Second Amendment community more and tailored it for that demographic, as well as um, right now we're, we're making a serious, serious approach in um, tailoring the conversation as it relates to liberty for that urban demographic. And um, some of the folks that are coming to a lot of the libertarian conventions around the corner, again, we just had the one in Pennsylvania a few weeks back. We'll be give, I'll be giving a presentation and a breakdown of how we can do that. What, what does that look like to package and do outreach in the demographics that need it the most 
as well as we need the most as libertarians as the party. And, and our, our messaging is obviously attractive to those demographics. But if we're not there or don't translate it properly, we miss that. So, um, you know, it's it's very, very important to make sure, you know, if you guys are in New Jersey, come to that convention. If you guys are in Florida, if you guys are in whatever, I'm, I, I want to reach out to I would love to go to every single state's um, state convention and give these presentations on outreach in the demographic. I think that's very, very important, guys, because having having the ball is one thing, but you got to put the ball in a net and you have to have a skill set to do that. Um, if we talk using basketball as a reference. So mm -hmm. um, in a roundabout way, that's that's how it translated from, um, you know, firearms and training to uh, a political understanding because they are not separate. They, they, they're not. Um, if someone is more authoritarian, you can kind of dictate how they feel about guns in the hands of the people, even if they say, you know, oh, I'm a Republican. But if you're authoritarian, you probably just want certain types of people that you deem fit. Um, and how how extreme or goofy that looks is, is on that scale. So if you're about liberty, we can probably have a good estimation. If you're really about liberty, who how many restrictions you want on firearms ownership or the human rights of self-defense and how many you don't want. So yeah. our, our job now is just to inform people. And we look forward to um, fusing that message into urban America. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, definitely, if you're around New Jersey or Florida, uh, make sure to go out and see this guy. I've seen him speak so many times now. And just like, particularly last year in Reno and this year in Pennsylvania, just just blew me away. I'm sure like the, both of them are there in Pennsylvania. They can attest to that as well. Um, in fact, I think Rob had a, had a question along those lines. Um, yeah. so what do you got, Rob? Well, much. I just want to say thank you. First of all, your speech down at Reno really uh, lit a fire under my ass. Uh, convinced me to get uh, chair of the party of Pennsylvania here, and then I uh, just got reelected again. So we're we're doing well. But you, you know, you spoke to me there quite a bit about uh, you know um, who who's going to last in this thing, and I think Pennsylvania we're we're lasting so far. We'll see how many of us stand to go. But th there's a question I've wanted to uh, ask you for a while now, um, and my understanding of the black guns matter movement and, and everything that you're doing is all about self-reliance and taking yeah. you know stop uh, stop asking for for protection stop asking for 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 help and and start um you know finding it within your own communities but uh, one issue that we here in pennsylvania and something i'm real personally close to as a criminal defense attorney is the issue of jury nullification yeah. now this is something that i find especially in urban communities where i work at in in uh, the criminal defense world this is something if they understood the power of what jury nullification is able to do, to do they can yeah. basically you know uh, a community can take take the the drug war and basically put it out of their community overnight. I wonder if yeah. you had any thoughts about the 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 concept of jury nullification and how we can move that in and as a messaging tool into the urban community. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, there's most of the things that we talk about, right? You'll see a component of how mainstream media narratives tell us to do the opposite, right? So if we say, um, "Hey, we're going to have a fair and balanced diet." Television will say, oh, that person that's working out and they're, they're a health nut, right? If you say, I'm a freedom person that believes in um, the ability to, of persons to defend themselves with up and to and with firearms, they'll say that person's a gun nut. 
Same concept is true for when you're having a conversation about how television and mainstream narratives make jury duty and the process of being involved in jury selection or anything, you're supposed to avoid it. Television will say, oh, man, I got to go to jury duty. Ah, rah, rah, rah. Anything that's associated with jury or being on a jury or jury, they don't even talk about no, they don't even use the word nullification. They don't even say it. They just say you should avoid anything associated with juries. I want people to really pay attention to that because it's called a television program. It's designed to give you a programming. Um, jury nullification or the ability to um, shape that as it relates to um, who's going to be arrested or, excuse me, charged and, 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 and all of these different things for um, things like the war on drugs, to, you know, to your point, Rob. The war on drugs has been another, again, every word, everything isn't racist, but some things absolutely are. Um, now, does it mean that it stops like, oh, we're going to drop drugs off in the black community? Like, that's not even a conspiracy. That's not like a theory anymore. They make entire TV shows about, OK, in the six, in the 70s and 80s, we dropped off crack and cocaine. The CIA did it. It's like it's a whole television show called Snowfall more recently all about it. Right. Um, but then it spreads like right now. It, it'll be OK. Well, let's absolutely do the same thing in a white community. Poor white communities. You guys are about to get hit with opioids and fent. like that's happening. Um, but it's still a it's still a, a, a something that's illegal or unlawful that even the founding fathers did the opposite. Like they had hemp farms and all of this other type of shit, right? People should be able to be informed and make informed decisions of consent of what they want to put into their body as adults. The state should not have anything to do with that. Now, if you can nullify juries, you can shift what how juries are selected and things like that. Some of the things that we are being targeted for you won't be targeted anymore. Another example of, and it's not necessarily jury nullification, but it's a point that I'd like to add, is um, not even taking plea deals. Not even, like, there's a way to, jury nullification stalls the process. The reason why they don't want you to be that involved is because they want the process to keep going so they can keep making money. Um, so I, anytime I've ever caught a case, I've never, uh, like, well, I have at certain points before I knew better, um, took a plea deal. Yeah. I don't want to take a plea deal. I want to fight this. Let's hurry up and go to court. If if more Americans get involved in that process, and I'm, I'm tying it back into nullification, yeah. more Americans, especially in demographics that are being targeted a certain way. Listen, man, he had the weed. You know, you had the weed on you. Uh, I know you don't want to go to court. Just take the plea deal and you won't have to do any jail time and blah, blah, blah. These deals that one are deals between two attorneys. They are not deals between judge has absolutely no obligation to respect that fucking deal between two attorneys. That's number one. Number two, you take a plea deal. You like in most instances, waive your right to an appeal, um, which is wild, which is wild. Um, but there are things in there to incentivize and trap you to not be fighting fully through the process because we want to make a business off of this and we want to just keep you running through it. If more Not people just that, but then you add in minimum mandatory sentencing where they are the overcharging you for things that just get you to take the plea deal. Now you never get the appeal. Now you never right. even get the chance to be in front of a jury. Right. 
And so all of these different things, you if you if if more people stood up and was aware of that and said, no, we're going to take this to trial. We're going to use case law. We're going to use precedents that are set. We are going to be informed. And we like court is the shit. Court is the shit. The <laughs> reason why court is amazing is because it might be like in a weird way. And I'm talking about as, as the current system as it stands. It might. <clears throat> I mean, we know that it's a system of or supposed to be a system of checks and balances. Um, but it may be one of the last ways to defend some things that are already in the Constitution. It's bad if we're already at the point where we're looking at the state or excuse me, the courts to save something that's already in the Constitution is not a part of um, or, or not a part of the Constitution. Right. Like it doesn't say in the Constitution like, yo, bro, you can't use drugs like the dudes that wrote it weren't they were doing drugs like that's just the reality. Um, but it may be one of the last bastions of defending our human rights. So going back to the jury concept, the people that make up the jury pool, the people that we choose, the people that we nullify in those spaces, nullify entire targets around certain concepts. And so I think people really should look into it. And I'm always careful to challenge people. Hop on your, you know, your favorite search engine, type in what jury nullification means ask other people the questions and start that engagement on social media. That's what social media is actually for. Yo, I looked in the jury nullification. This is what I found. What do you guys yeah. think? Put a tweet out and people will start to articulate it. And then we start getting people going like it's, it's damn near impossible for my friends that are still in the street. If they think they can beat a case and they got some resources, I've communicated with them so well that they almost would laugh at a, a, a someone that would try to offer them a plea deal if they caught a case. They almost would laugh at this point. And, and they'll also go, oh, you don't want to go to trial. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's fucking go to trial. Yeah. And so yeah. I want people to get that same level of interested in understanding of the jury, the jury selection process, uh, jury nullification, why you should have a trial of by your peers in a jury, as well as why they should go be a part. When you are the person that gets selected for jury duty, please, guys, go. Yeah. Like, Thank go. You. It's not, yeah. it's like a thing. They don't yeah. even, they don't even like ask me to go anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure you got Rob's head spinning as we speak. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It's a concept that I'm really trying to push here in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is, William Penn is actually responsible for the entire concept of jury nullification coming to, into creation. It's mm. why he went from uh, England to the United States to create Pennsylvania. So we here in Pennsylvania have a, a very special connection with jury nullification. I'd love to see us get a constitutional amendment to the PA Constitution requiring an instruction about jury nullification at every trial. Yeah. But, um, you know, that it's something I try and bring out every time. Um, it's something I don't hear people talk about much, but I thank you. That you, you uh, thank you for your words on it. That was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I did not know that that was William Penn that had that laid yeah. up for us. When I was in high school, um, I used to smoke a lot of weed. I used to sell weed and smoke which is completely backwards, but, you know, teenagers do silly things. Um, not the smoking of the weed. I'm just like, you're cutting into your profits, bro. Like, this just doesn't make sense. Um, I used to get high and take tours of City Hall and, like, Benjamin Franklin's print shop and uh, the, the Masonic building across the street from City Hall. 
there's some amazing history in Philadelphia where I live. I mean, like amazing. In the middle of City Hall, right, you know, there's those four entrances, like the north side, the, the west side, the east side. In the middle, there's a big, that's the exact center of Philadelphia where it's like the sundial. But at those different four entrances, right, one of those, there's carved statues in four columns of men. One of the four columns is indigenous peoples. And you can see what with their headdress and all that other stuff, Asian people, white people and African people of African descent, black folks holding up the actual st structures that make that hold up city hall. Um, that was sculpted there. Uh, William, excuse me, city hall was like the largest, uh, city municipal building like ever right yeah up until they started doing uh steel construction right. yeah and so um that was like a, a like a nod to all of the people that went into making like city hall and philadelphia and the nation in general but the, these parts of these stories like jury nullification like the concept of liberty um like you know william penn getting you know some land from it was gifted to his pops and then him coming here and his dad being an admiral and all of these different stories. Um, the general public just has no idea, especially if Philadelphia is such an interesting city because it's, it's juxtaposed all of this blue collar and, you know, amazing history. I mean, like the, the, the doc, the declaration of independence was signed here. Like the Marines was created here. Like, Mother's Day was invented here. Philadelphia has such a, an amazing history, but a lot of people in Philadelphia, we don't we don't even go like to the fucking Rocky Steps. Like we don't even <laughs> we just don't. And so I would challenge folks not only just in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, but in the cities that you're in. If you live in a city like Norfolk, if you live in a city like um, Detroit, there is California, Compton, Los Angeles. There are so many historical references in these cities and states, especially swing states, especially states like, you know, like if you live in Virginia, you should absolutely go to Colonial Williamsburg. You should oh, yeah. absolutely go to those places yeah. um, and to just yeah. get a better understanding of, you know, that. And I, again, um, I'm saying this because it's about like I didn't even know that nugget about William Penn. Now I got to go learn that. Right. Um, <laughs> these are the things that, uh, you know, in order to see the future, we kind of it's the Sankofa bird symbol. In order to go forward, you got to like know your past. And these are timeless concepts that the things that we're fighting against now, we already have a blueprint for like how we could fight them um, and how those dudes were like with their contradictions, because a lot of them owned humans. Um, those dudes were also like, hey, we want to protect against X, Y and Z. We are actually living currently in the country now that I, I love America. I've traveled the world lightly. I've been across America at least eight times at this point. Yeah. Um, so we have contradictions and I love our nation, but we are very rapidly, even more rapidly, starting to be the nation that the founders fought against. Yeah. You know, like in, in, in practice, mm -hmm. And, and, and our overreach, I mean, there's American standing army bases in like every other country, like, uh, you know, all across. That's Man. a standing army. You know, that's that's yo, bro. We I mean, for a long time, our international policy was we had no international policy, you know, and um, there's a great book called Diplomacy by um, 
um, Kissinger that, and obviously Kissinger has his, you know, whatever. I just read everybody, but there's a, there's an understanding of liberty that we kind of got to tap into to recognize that we're not even becoming, we, we, we've became the empire and, and, you know, do you want to be, you want to be, do it, be an empire or do you want to be a republic? You know what I'm saying? Like, which one yeah. do you want to be? And so I just challenge everybody to, you know, even if you know stuff, like I know stuff about Philly, but I did not know that about William Penn and his association with jury nullification. Yeah, I think that is pretty challenge everybody to learn some stuff, you know? Yeah. There's a, yeah, his, uh, his house is up, um, like his summer house up uh, the river. It's not too far from me, mm. uh, Pensbury Manor. So you'll, you'll have to visit there sometime. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Regina, you had a question, right? Yeah. So, um, somewhat similar to Rob, um, your speech at the convention at the PA convention, um, really spoke to me because I, I see a lot of the same things that you brought up with, we, we need to have a wider demographic within the party. And there's a lot of issues that will speak to those, to those groups, yeah. But you you brought up a wonderful point about making sure to not look like it's pandering because mm-hmm. there's always that trick of not wanting to look almost like the left who tend to use those groups as, you know, a platform to simply boost themselves up, but they don't actually pass the policies or do anything that actually helps those communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could go into a little bit, you know, like how to like with, with building issue coalitions, like how do you what would you recommend for someone like me who's trying to build those relationships and start building those bridges yeah. um to enlighten people about these these core liberty movements um two things articulating the the those core liberty principles and ideologies why they're foundational to your life as well as the benefits that come from them um and again finding well three things at um the next would be um, you using references from the past that relate, right? If you if someone has been told the entire time that all of the founders were slave owners, which they all were not, no one talks about George Mason, no one talks about Thomas Paine, right? Or guys that at least shaped the minds of most of the founders too. Like if not for George Mason, I don't even know if America's here, right? Um, when you tell somebody that has been historically told one thing, which in us and a lot of it's true. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson, his pen was amazing. Like writing a Declaration of Independence was amazing, but he was he, he owned humans. That is a contradiction that we have to acknowledge. Without saying fuck the Declaration of Independence, it's like well, hold on now. Like the, the dude might have. It's it's almost like I don't. This is gonna sound so fucked up, and I'm not trying to sound fucked up. Every so often, if uh, R. Kelly's song, if I Believe I Can Fly comes on, it's an amazing song. And if I'm <laughs> driving down the street listening to I Believe I Can Fly, like if I, I might sing, and I believe in you, like it's a good song. I'm going to separate and acknowledge that this person did shitty things too. Um, but if you've told someone that doesn't recognize the great lyrics that they penned, and they only know one half of it. You got to use a better, a, a better representation. 
or a better person that represents the value for that demographic. And then after doing that, I don't create a separation. So when I say, when I came into the Second Amendment community, I would never say you guys is Second Amendment community. Even though we're underrepresented there, I go, these are our communities. I might not, I don't live in fucking, like I don't have a hundred million dollars. I don't have $10 million in cash, right? I'd be in really rich neighborhoods a lot. And I'm like, yeah, man, our communities, the school choice thing, when I'm doing a conversation about that in Beverly Hills, clearly I don't fucking live in Beverly Hills. I'm like hood adjacent, right? <laughs> but I'm going to say our communities in Beverly Hills are impacted, and they probably may not be as impacted as a community in North Philly by the lack of school choice and redlining and so forth and so on. But I'm not going to create a distinction or a difference. I'm going to say our communities, right? Mm. I try to avoid all forms of separation and translating to the demographic that I'm reaching. Because now that person feels like, and I may not have the same level of skin in the game that they have just based on, you know, our geographic location where we live. But I want them to understand that um, we are united. And I want that messaging and the, the conversation to reflect that. The, 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 next, the next, in my assessment, the groups of people, individuals and collectives that are going to be very, very impactful to, you know, course correcting America are going to be the people that can articulate unity. If you can articulate and show unity and focus to do it over time, you're going to be very powerful. I'm watching. I watched Russell Brand the last few weeks, and it's, it's looking like he's literally saying what I'm telling people to do. He was on a TV show and he was like, hey, Fox is horrible here. CNN is horrible here. And we as the people have to you have to actually recognize that surely you can see I think it was on Bill Maher. Surely you can see Bill Maher as a as a comedian, as a writer, as a person that's caring about America. I'm paraphrasing. You can surely see that we have a corrupt system issue that is going to be the money and the lobbying groups and all of that in Congress, which the money shouldn't even be there. Sure you, surely you can see that this is both sides. When you say that, you humanize yourself. You show that, hey, I don't have a dog in a fight. This is a layup for libertarians because on a national level, even though liberty will resonate with most Americans on a national scale, we do not have the same level of infrastructure currently. We like we like the Republican Party starting out like up against the Whig Party type shit. Right. So even though the people will resonate with it. We have to be decentralized, knowing that those individual and localized communities that we are verbalizing and showcasing our association with and part and unif unification with and of that message will spread and it'll be national that way. And it'll be a ground up. We're building a pyramid. It's not a top down approach. We're building a solid base. The pyramid is the most strong shape in all of geometry. And so articulating that in a way by first finding the person that isn't going to be like a complete, like, what? You're talking to me about Thomas Jefferson. He owns humans, and they're right. But what if I talk to you about <clears throat> Frederick Douglass? Frederick Douglass is the Hall of Fame, top-tier, first ballot, 
all-American champion of liberty and so-called conservative values. Values like being modest and whatever, whatever. Because I, I have those values. It's hard to tell on my Twitter, but um, I have those more restrictive, like I'm going to be private, whatever. But also respecting the liberty of others that don't have to value me the same way or their views the same way. Uh -huh. If we used Frederick Douglass with that demographic and you walk them down that street, th there's very little pushback. And you go, yo, man, because these are our communities that are being impacted by the things that Frederick Douglass was talking about hundreds of years ago. That person f understands that it's not a pander. It's factual. And they get it because you you in the trenches. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With them. And that's the, the one of the other things of just being in the trenches with folks. Some of my best experiences, man, with some solid dudes and dudettes, but it usually wasn't women a lot of times um, because it was the example that I'm giving, it was cold, is when we were all selling what we were selling and we was outside just trying to make it, but it's cold. And we might have one L, one joint, and we passing it, right? If you don't have, or you see guys like sharing a, a Lucy cigarette, right? Those there's there's more bonds forged between knowing that you in the trenches with me than damn near anything else. So if they see the person all of the time, this is why white liberal um, teachers usually, especially female teachers, white liberal female teachers can influence and infiltrate the minds of urban America, even though our values are generally more conservative and liberty-leaning. Uh -huh. Because they're there in the trenches with the students. And even if the fucking ideology is bullshit, we like Mrs. Rainey or whatever her name is, right? And I'm not saying that Mrs. Rainey is deliberately trying to manipulate children's minds. She's doing the best that, based on the schooling and the, the, the you know, Frankfurt school information that she got. So it's not a, it's not a knock. It's just, um, we need to be there in the trenches and translating these things to the demographic that needs it the most. And I, and I tweeted something that I tweeted in 2021 or 2022 today. And it said, if, if, if Republicans or so-called conservatives and libertarians are serious, I think at the time we might've been under a, a different management uh, as, as far as the leadership of the Libertarian Party. I said, if they're serious, you, uh, urban America will be at the forefront. That is where, it's not, it's not because I live in an urban demographic, that is where the leftist strongholds are. And they didn't get those leftist strongholds like on oops. It wasn't like, it wasn't, they was like, oh, we just happen to live here. So yeah, we're just gonna, no, they, we're seeing it with Marxism. Um, and again, I don't care what your value system is. If it works for you and you ain't hurting me and you ain't taking my shit, cool. And you're not fucking with people that can't consent. I don't care. If you want to make a commune and you guys want to practice communism in your thing, cool. If you guys got enough free market sense to make that make sense, because it's going to pull from that for sure. If you can do that, then I'm not mad at you. My point in saying that is, the reason why these Marxist ideologies continue to appear 
and infiltrate is because it's by design. Uh-huh. And um, towards the end of all empires, when there's been uh, a lack of information and education, I mean, historically, um, Russia with the ruble, whether you're talking about monetary policy, whether you're talking about how China is be re- a, a, a new, a seemingly new re-emerging, re-emerging market, but China has had dynasties. Ch- like, like China's had dynasties. Like they were not, and they're, you know, a lot of time, you know, mostly, you know, uh, you know, farmland and all of that, but technologically for hundreds of years, if you, if you go back on your scope long enough on that timeline, technologically, they were way more advanced than European um, shit. It's what happened. Um, The Dutch, right? Like the first fucking transnational corporation, a Dutch Indian trading company. Like Mm -hmm. these, these guys were empires and they're all marked by their falls are marked by some of the very similar things that we're in right now. The, The decadence, the overspending, the, you know, just, Fuck it, we're just the most powerful, right? Um, and a, a big part of that is the lack of education. So the things that start to look attractive to certain people seem to be attractive because they don't know no better. Because education is no longer there's nobody in the trenches with them translating it to them to show, hey, the socialism shit in a little bit's gonna look really attractive, but here's how it's gonna fuck up. And that even that cycle, that smaller like socialism shows up like every yeah. forty years, right? Even that cycle is like, that's a small cycle. But if we could go, hey, year two of you thinking that this socialism thing is going to be attractive, here's why it's not. Um, but that's that's an educational component. But the people that want that, that have a vested interest in financing the decline of not the Constitutional Republic of America, but the empire, because we, yeah. we are fucking an empire. Um, they have they've done a very good job for some time to be in those leftist areas to communicate to those young minds and institutionalize their minds to the point where you have 90 percent of the black vote going to one. Not me. Not it's not like a it's not like a misnomer. Like, no, when you look at fucking black, like American political data, not like a 90 percent clip. That's not an accident, especially when black folks are some of the most leave me the fuck alone, mind your business, get out of my business people you will ever meet. Yeah. Ever meet. They're just like, I don't, what the fuck you calling the police to my house? That is, that is fucking. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So, yeah. It sounds like you gotta get real with them. Like, you know, not like, not, yeah, not, not like, you know, too basic, but at the same time, like, talk about how it's having like a real effect on their lives on like yeah. our, all of our lives mm-hmm. and that's right all of our lives mm-hmm. because we in this boat together that's how we were successful with black guns matter mm-hmm. you're like yeah Yo, i learned bro, a lot in the campaign if you, too if you don't, like, our fates are intertwined champ again me even saying the reason why i say some of this shit and you know if even if it happens to be a you know a white audience right um it's like listen bro they dropped the drugs off. The drug war is a perfect example. They just started in my community. We were the test market. You, you guys are up next, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then they go like, well, damn, they're damn. For the last seven years, this seems to have been an opioid epidemic. 
Yeah, just like <laughs> California policies going everywhere else now. It's wild. And so when you showcase that, um, the people respond. The people know, again, like I said, you know, empathy. Do you give a fuck? I give a fuck for these reasons. Even if it's a selfish reason. I understand. This is about to happen to my community, too. And actually, that's why our community's got to push back against that. So empathy. Then yeah. get into the facts yeah, of the on. matter, you know, and just talking about it and then in real time. Like that picture that I had, that picture of Pelosi and them taking a knee with the with the uh -huh. cloth. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not empathy. That's pandering, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, um, exactly. then, you know, getting to the to the solutions together. So, yeah, that's that's in a roundabout way. You know, Regina, that's that's how we translate that. And 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 if you're doing that consistently, you'll hear it. The people will say, man, it's no different than even if there's a running joke in everybody's community. Oh, man, them Jehovah Witnesses will knock on your door. And even if they like it's too early, like leave me the fuck alone. But what the general consensus is, yo, they on they shit. They, they believe in that. Right. We just got to be the same way in a nicer way, like not not knocking on somebody's door during their Sunday brunch. But, you know, just uh, just having that, you know, repetition to create that marketing and uh, just using intelligent and simple strategies to get it done. Yeah. Meet Thank them you. where they're at. Uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's important, too. Yeah. And I want to say this lastly, too. I, I, I say this a lot. Libertarians, you know. We've read like, OK, so right here. Right. I'm going to just pull these books that I just happen to have right here. All right. Boom. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. I, mm. I still remember you giving out like books that I never I never thought I'd see people being interested in. Um, yeah, there you go. You give these books away and we're we're well read. Right. Um. Shit like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're smart. Not that other people in different demographics are dumb. We just have a different fucking, re like, Austrian. Motherfucker, only Austrian I might have known 10 years ago was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So you're talking to me about Austrian economics initially. It's not that I'm dumb or don't have the capacity to receive the information. It's just I never even knew what the fuck you were. I, I never knew what Austrian economics is or was. Yeah. Right. Right. So liberty people tend to be smart people because we start be like the nerd shit. Like we kind of nerds. Um, and that's dope to be a nerd. <laughs> Recognizing that everybody else is not a fucking nerd yet. We have right. to be revenge of the nerds. <laughs> it has to be that way because the nerds have to make what we have very palpable. To some, how do I explain to somebody that for 40 years, um, Ron Paul was correct? Not just because Ron Paul is outside of the fact that he's like really smart and a doctor and all that other stuff and can retain information. But also because he understands the cycles of what happens with bad monetary policy. So if you show somebody that doesn't even know how the dollar works and what fractional reserve banking is, if you articulate that point, once they get it, they get it. Recognizing that 
you're sharing new information. You're creating a different wrinkle in somebody's brain. Should be something that you respect. Now you're starting to lead into being an educator and an instructor. And everybody starts out in fighting. You're a white belt. It's not, it's not a diss to you. It's like, hey, you got a lot of work to do because we just you haven't trained yet. The demographics that we are going into um, have deliberately not been trained at best. At worst, they have been, we have been deliberately trained on the wrong shit. So at best, this person, this group, our fellow Americans has not been trained on purpose. Fuck it. Don't tell them. At uh-huh. best. At worst, it's tell them the exact opposite. Again, uh-huh. all of these propaganda tools that we talk about when we when we watch the television, every television show makes fun of jury duty. Yeah. Every television show from the 60s to now makes fun of people eating healthy. They figure, especially if it's like a sitcom, everyone struggles with it. And it's like, oh man, I'm on a diet. I, what? I gotta drink water. I need, I need wine, right? And I get it; it's partially funny, but it's a program. And if a certain person has been programmed a certain way, you have to unprogram and then reprogram. There is a responsibility associated with that, mm-hmm. you know. And so, just yeah. bring that to keep keep everybody on, you know, the the humble path of. Because we all, nobody in here, like, nobody that is a libertarian started out, unless your parents was already really on it. None of, we we were introduced to concepts and we grew. Yeah. If if we can continue that white belt mentality for the the new people that we engage as our fellow Americans, even if they're so-called on the left or currently Democrats, they are Americans that if I had to bet money, dollars to donuts, I'd bet that they were a product of a propaganda and a, a machine and a psychological operation. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's well said. Um, so I did want to talk uh, real quick about uh, the workshops that you're doing as you're going across the country. Like what are the topics that you cover there? Yeah. Um, so when we do, it depends on if we're doing a Black Guns Matter event. Um, and I still try to merge political education um, and a Q&A into everything. Um, but mostly in the Black Guns Matter events, we're doing basic firearm safety. We want people to be safe and responsible firearms owners. Um, I, you know, you won't be a marksman. You won't be an expert shooter in an hour, two hour class. But I, you could leave my class being absolutely if you follow this formula, you will be an expert in firearm safety. And that's the biggest thing. I don't care if you, I don't like guns. I don't want guns. I do want guns. My understanding of someone's credibility as it relates to a firearm is uh, are, how safe do they handle and manipulate that firearm around other people? It's not, can you hit the target from this many, a zone steal from this many yards away? I, that shit comes later. Everybody can do that. Red dots make that very much more easy at this point. Um, so if we're doing that class, that's what that's about. But when it's doing these, the reason why I feel it's very important for every single state convention to try to get me out is because I want to do outreach. We need force multipliers. I want to train the people that's going to be in, on the ground. You, If you're in Oakland um, or in Cali, 
and you and you doing a lot of stuff over there, you know Oakland better than I know Oakland. You know where to go, where not to go. You you already got certain understanding of the environment. Now, if I give you more information on how to do effective outreach and you can tailor some of that to that specific demographic or more localized or decentralized, funny, it's a thing called decentralized revolution, right? Yeah. Um, it's that's that's what those classes are about. It's, you know, and then taking those Q&A's because somebody might give me it's, it's just little things, right? Like comedians are good at it comedians are good at recognizing the subtle nuances and differences between certain communities or how certain people or certain personality types engage or interact um but if we can if we can get folks to that are already um being those jehovah's witnesses for liberty and curate their message and then they further refine that curation of the message that makes their outreach efforts more impactful. That's what the rest of this year should be going towards. That's where I want to like, you know, I got to fly here. I got to fly there. I want to come out to teach people how to do that. And I can't answer their, I can answer their direct questions much more effectively in that space. Cause they'll ask me the question of, yeah. you know, like Regina's question, like, Hey, how do I, pop, 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 pop. I can give examples that make sense. And I can, you know, streamline the shit. So those um, things are, or those events for Liberty Outreach and Urban Demographics is what I really want to concentrate most of the, the rest of the year on. Because oh, we, we, we going into um, next year's, I mean, they say this every four years, but it's, it's, it's ringing more true more recently here. This statement of, this is the most important election of our lives. It's right? <laughs> like yeah. this every, you know what I mean? Um, but as we are dealing with stagflation, not even just hyperinflation, like this is stagflation. There's no doubt about it. Um, I was talking to um, Smiley Gnome about the financial system has already crashed. This shit is like slapping the fucking sticker on the joint, right? Um, getting people to have an understanding and be more engaged because of the debt, the stagflation, the potential war with fucking Russia, like the things that we're teetering on. Um, <laughs> it's like it is a, one of the more important elections. And I don't just mean on a national level. I mean, on galvanizing everyone's because clearly both so-called sides are like, dude, Biden, come on, bro. Like, dude, to get people to like not repeat that on a local level is why it's one of the more important elections. If we if we as libertarians go and that's our that's our, that's our game plan to say, hey, guys, we do not have a candidate, even if we have really smart candidates. Right. If you got guys like if I if people that follow me on Twitter, Larry Sharp. Dave Smith, uh, uh, Judge Knapp, uh, uh, just just sharp Angela, fucking Angela. Oh yeah, like these are candidates that if they had if if I had a billion dollars, I wouldn't mind throwing them in the ring on a national level, easy. And and like yo, we actually have the resources to 
if we get you on that debate stage, we're going to destroy everybody. But we don't have that infrastructure right now. What we do have is with the enemy, and I say enemy not to, as a diss to other Americans, I say enemy to um, ideo ideologically, right? Philosophically. Things that are in opposition to liberty, not as we hate other Americans. The opposition is well-funded and has the infrastructure to put those people up there. When that opposition gives us the alley-oop, we got to dunk it. And what they're giving us right now is the clear example for decentralization and communities getting involved in liberty for their areas. Clearly, I think that some, not all, some of the things, if I have to use examples of people in the red-blue camps, I think that DeSantis explained some of that when he was on uh, Glenn Beck a few weeks back, when he had the discussion about how he used so-called emergency powers to um, keep certain things open. And I disagreed with him on, he was like, well, certain local governments, because it's you know smaller and smaller. But I understood what he meant as the state of Florida to, in opposition to the overreach of the federal government. Florida gets to do this for these reasons. And in our, our state bylaws, I had to use uh, so-called states of emergencies to keep certain things open because I could allocate funds to. Now, yeah. do I think that certain smaller counties or whatever should be able to do the stuff that they want? Maybe even if it's an opposition to DeSantis, that's a conversation that folks should have on a further level of decentralization. But for the example that we give in, in here is the federal government wanted to do this. We as Florida and me as the governor said, nah, we kind of got to like push back against that. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, you know, yesterday was the three year anniversary of when all of the stupid COVID stuff started. No one at all at this point, even leftist media is showing their narrative. They're, they're like, just be quiet about it. Just don't even. Yeah. That never happened. <laughs> it just, you were dreaming, bro. It was just a dream. Um, so what they're showing or what they're giving us, the lane that they're giving us is the ability to say, Hey, this is why you being politically involved, you educating and informing the populace on what Liberty is and creating strong candidates and strong, just public servants in general, just people that, you know, want to lead with Liberty that may run for public offices or local offices. They're showing us the importance of that based on their deeds and how over like they are tanking this economy uh -huh. like it, it's come on bro like another hundred million for ukraine and they're doing it so blatant yeah like y'all see the paperwork that came out biden got like a gang of money the whole biden crime family got a gang of money from these chinese companies yeah, and it's like exactly. And I'm I, I'm not saying that Republicans are better in, as it relates to um, warmongering and things of that nature. But there was clearly a difference in the negotiations between the Trump administration and the Biden administration as it relates to the kickbacks that they got and the access like mm -hmm. the Biden regime has given like power grids to China. What the fuck? What, like, what, why does China need act? Do we have access to Chinese power grids? And so no. just these are the opportunities for us to bring up these things and showcase the important. This is what happens 
when you allow your federal government to get this bloated. Yeah. And, um, th these are the things that we have to, you know, articulate to the people. And it's, it's a great time. Uh, the, the, I say it's a great time um, in a sense of we've, America traditionally has outlasted, it's a young nation, but empires usually don't last this long. Like we might be like, like the founders was like, we might could get 200 out this joint. We might. <laughs> You know, um, and so just as a as a it's a great time for people to try to course correct and get back and 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 learn this lesson, mm -hmm. um, as well as it's a great time for us liberty minded folks to flex our liberty and intellectual muscles in a way that we're not yelling or arguing or competing with each other, but we're bringing other minds into the fold, and that's very challenging. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that's what I mean by you know. Um, a, a, a very beautiful time. Uh, my other more cynical and nihilistic uh, mentality or self says, I wish we would have got fucking zombies like this. It, we could have reached that. Talk about a great fucking reset. Like that would have <laughs> reset a lot of shit. But, you know, wars and, and, and famine and death, just because you're good at it doesn't mean it's not bloody. You know, I, you know, we got gas masks like for my whole family right over there. Like, I'm fine, but I don't, I don't, I don't want America to fall. We live here, we love this place, and if we do the the best that we can do um, over these next few years to make sure that we're strengthening those uh, mental, giving more mental fortitude and liberty, you know, strengthening liberty in the minds of the people across the nation then we won't have to worry so much about national elections the same way, you know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, we're getting to the end, so I'll just do a couple questions quick. Um, yeah. So Solutionary Center, um, what what can you tell us about that? Because I know you got a lot of exciting things going on there. In addition to yeah. the classes that you're leading across the country, there's also a lot of other classes going on. So yeah, it's uh, a bunch of stuff. There. Summary of that. Yeah, we got the Solutionary Center. Guys, if y'all are in Philly, we're at 1265 North 29th Street. Um, we're in North Philly. Um, just come, take a class. We got Stop the Bleed class on Saturday. We got firearms class, you know, as well on Saturday. We've done, you know, sewing classes, yoga, phlebotomy certification, like everything that we could do to try to, and if someone has something that they want to teach, we need someone that wants to come teach a basic class on libertarianism. I don't care if somebody wants to do it once a week. Um, we'll make the space available. Um, we need an understanding of civics. We need a, a, a more consistent civics class. But basically, we're a center that informs people um, about the things that they need to know. If somebody wants to come teach a class on cutting hair, on skills, trades, plumbing, whatever, uh, we make the space available to folks for free to do so. Um, all of the classes that are there are free. We just asked everybody to pay it for it with a donation, man. Um, go over to givesingo.com forward slash solutionary. Um, that way we're able to finance everything and yeah. all of the beginners that we need, you know, because we want to remove the financial barrier to entry is tight. So if it if, if it normally would cost two or three thousand dollars to have a class on X, if everybody across social media or the Internet is like, oh, it's three thousand dollars. If every if a thousand people donated three bucks then we get the three thousand dollars and nobody yeah. came out of pocket too heavy. Um, so it's basically 
The model is individuals voluntarily deciding because we do not take government funds at all. That shit ain't my money. It's y'all money. Um, uh, individuals choosing to add to a collective that benefits and defends individual rights. So it's like this beautiful system of ebb and flow. I am an individual choosing to voluntarily give money to a collective that is going to inform a com entire communities of people. And that community then defends individual rights and liberty. It's an ultimate yeah. balance. So uh, if anybody wants to sign up for classes, solutionarylifestyle.org. Um, if anybody wants to uh, teach a class at the center, I usually try to show up to all of the classes because people be teaching some really valuable stuff in there. Um, like I, we bought all of the sewing machines. Like we took a, I, I took the sewing class. Um, nice. So like, uh, if you want to do that, solutionarylifestyle at gmail.com, just email us. Hey, I got a class yeah. on whatever. Um, and uh, again, if you guys want to donate, give single.com forward slash solutionary. Yeah. We'll have to find you someone that can teach that libertarian class. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be asking around about that if I, um, but, and if we find someone, I'll definitely reach out to you. Yep. Um, so we got a question from the audience. I think Regina also has on her mind. Yeah. Um, our next event uh, for the Libertarian Party, Pennsylvania, Harrisburg Steps on March 23rd. Eugenia, you want to give a quick summary? Yeah. So um, March for Our Lives is going to be at Harrisburg uh, mm -hmm. Thursday, the 23rd, um, basically pushing for more um, gun legislation and coming for civil mm -hmm. liberties. And we as the Libertarian Party are going to be out there to basically counter protest to talk to them about responsible gun ownership and explain, you know, why, if you look at history, it has never worked out for the citizens as soon as their guns were taken away. It is, I've, I cannot find an example in history that it has not led to totalitarianism or it has not created a moving the goalpost going towards an author, authoritarian um, ruling. Uh, so we are going to be out there um, promoting, you know, very, very similar message, you know, what you've been doing with, you know, Black Guns Matter and just pushing for explaining to people and kind of how you were saying about changing the definitions um, and the perspective about, you know, I think we as libertarians get that we're gun nuts just for simply wanting to protect our families and ourselves. Um, so we're going to be out there. Um, you know, we would, we would absolutely love to have you out there. If you, know, I know no, you're a busy guy. No, um, listen, I, I think I already, I can't remember who it was that tweeted that to me. And I was like, yo, if I'm not doing nothing on the 23rd, I'm just going there. Like it's, it's Harrisburg, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's like, uh, what, like an hour or two away from the crib. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an hour and a half, something like that. I've done it yeah. before. I can't remember exactly what's on my schedule, but yeah, if 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 I'm not, if I'm free, I'm coming to that. Like that's not cool. even a thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll exchange information just so we can get linked up. Yep. Awesome. Uh, so, Regina, do you have anything else before we wrap up? No, just um, Maj. Thank you. Like I said, I I was familiar with you, you know, a little bit beforehand, but um, you know, a lot of what you talked about, you know, especially like um, a lot of what you said about the drug war is really resonating with me. That's a, that's an issue that I'm, I'm really passionate about. Um, and I just want to thank you for, you know, making it a mission to come out and to educate people and to take the time to talk to us. So thank you. I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. Thank you all so much for having me, man. I appreciate y'all. When you guys see this show, please make sure you guys are sharing it all over the place. We are on social media platforms that are absolutely censoring us. Um, so guys, if you watch it, make sure you're continuing to support 
this podcast. It's very important. Um, you know, utilize it. Shit, sell it. Make money off of it. Donate some back to, the, to these guys to keep this content going. It's very, very important, guys. We need all hands on deck. And remember, guys, to just be, be kind. You were just a part of the biggest psychological operation for the last three years. This shit is not normal. You, if you're stressed, we understand. Um, be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. We have to remember to be kind to each other. Yeah. Well, since since you mentioned it real quick, I will bring up that we will be at least several of us uh, from the PA crew of organizers, uh, myself included, will be at the New Jersey convention next weekend. So uh, might run into you there, and then the Take Human Action Tour event in New York City will be there yeah. also. I'm at both uh, of those. Yeah, so definitely come out to that. The New Jersey convention is the 24th through the 26th of this month. And then the Take Human Action Tour is Saturday, Sunday, uh, the weekend after April 1st and 2nd in New York City. Um, all the information on all of those events uh, is in the show notes, except for the New Jersey convention. I'll add that uh, once we're done here. Um, so any any last words uh, before we sign off, Maj? Peace. All right. Don't forget to take human action, everyone. Have a good night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.